Do, 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 do. Hey, everybody, welcome to the James Arnold Taylor podcast. Uh, talking to myself, and speaking of which, I'm calling my buddy Ferris, who owns the Billiard Zone. You know, Ferris, I've called him once or twice here on the show, and he uh, gives us some wisdom and things. So let's see what Ferris has to say here. Let's, hey, man, the Billiard Zone. Who's this? Hey, Ferris, it's James Arnold Taylor. Hey, buddy, how you doing? I'm doing good, Ferris. How are you? You know me, man. I'm always, I'm always happy to hear from you, see you, talk to you. But you know, whatever, man. How's that podcast doing, brother? Podcast is doing great, and in fact, you're on the podcast right now. I hope that's okay. Yeah, man. Well, that's cool. All right, everybody, listen up. Uh, this is Ferris. Come on out to the billiard zone. We got nine ball, eight ball, whatever you want to shoot. We got ten tables full of fun. All right. Yeah, you get your own little commercial there for your place, the billiard zone in Carp, right? Carpinteria out uh, in California here? Yeah, man. Check out the billiard zone, okay? It's cool. So what's going on, JT? Uh, You know, it's funny. You call me JT. We've known each other so long. You've known me since I went by just James Taylor on the radio. I was a DJ on the radio, and I used to call Ferris, and you would do things for us on the radio show, right? Yeah, so now you're uh, you're J-A-T now, right, man? Yeah, J-A-T, Jat, James Arnold Taylor. Jat, man. All right, brother, what's up? Well, so, Ferris, you know, I've got a great episode of the podcast here today. My buddy Alan Arnold is going to, we're going to conclude the interview with Alan Arnold, where we were talking about his book, The Story of With. Yeah, man, I read that book. I'll tell you what, I bought the book... And then I went out and I got the uh, audio version, what do they call it, Audible? Audible, yeah. Yeah, man, and you were on there with uh, Catherine Taper. She's awesome, man. I, I dig hearing her talk. <laughs> yeah, she is. Uh, so we read the audio book of Alan Arnold, The Story of With. Yeah, so you liked it? Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, it added a whole other dimension, having, having that part of it and then reading the book. So that's cool. You're going to do an interview with him. Well, it's the third part of the interview with him. I'm concluding it today on the show. But before that, because the whole kind of tone of the show, uh, you know, generally is about positive living and finding your dreams and your goals and how to pursue them while I do my funny little voices and the characters that I do on the show. Yeah, man, you do that. uh, You do that dude, Hank. He's like, hello, hello, hello. Yeah, Hank is the engineer on the show. Some of Hank's voice right now, do it. Okay, okay, hey, hey, is this uh, is that the Ferris fella there? Fer- hey, hello, 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 Ferris. Hey, man, how you doing? I'm doing good, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. All right, man, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down to Billiard Zone shoot some pool with you later. You okay? I'm gonna beat you at nine ball. Yeah, you can try, man. <laughs> All right, buddy. That's cool, man. Now do. Do that kid, Billy. Billy the intern. Oh, yeah, yeah, hello, hello, Mr. Uh, Mr. Ferris, sir. Mr. Ferris, I'm not named after Ferris Bueller, sir. Hey, Billy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, sir, Mr. Ferris. Yeah, you can call me Ferris, man. Oh, okay, Ferris, Mr. Sir. Whatever, dude. Hey, you don't let nobody push you around, Billy, all right? You, you may be an intern, but you just do your thing, and you learn that life is beautiful, it's a gift, and you're good at what you do, and everything you do matters, all right, buddy? Oh, uh, uh, okay, I, 
Yeah, I'm choking up. <clears throat> thank you. Thank you, Mr. Ferris, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that very much, sir. Thank All right, brother. You go on now. Okay, thank you, sir. <laughs> you, you made Billy cry, Ferris. Yeah, man, that's what, you know. I just, I think it's important he knows, you know, because sometimes young people today, man, they, you know, they, they intern, they get a, they get their first job, they, they're not certain what they're going to do with their lives, man, they're still trying to figure it out, but they need to know that they're important, that people love them, that they're appreciated, that people believe in them, and they can do anything they set their mind to, brother. Ferris, that's, see, that's why I call you Ferris, because you are a master of just laid back, brotherly love, telling people what it's like and what it all is. Yeah, man, that's my thing. I'm, a, I'm kind of a, kind of a guru in that. I guess is what people tell me. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, any any of my other characters you want to talk to? Yeah, let me talk to that um, Reginald. Don't call me Reggie, fella. I like that guy. Let me talk to him. Right. Hello, Ferris. How are you? Hey, Reginald. You know what, man? I dig that accent of yours, man. Well, thank you very much, Ferris. I appreciate that quite a bit. Hey, Reginald, don't call me Reggie. Let me tell you what, man. You keep the flow going on that show. You get chat-centered and focused. You ask him questions. He answers those questions. He, he gives you good answers, but it's all because you're you're keeping him in line, brother. Don't forget it, all right? You're doing a great job. Pip-pip cheerio, brother. Right. Thank you, Ferris. Okay, so Ferris. Yeah, man, what's up? So I love all the advice you give. How have you come to this this kind of sage-like place in your life? Well, I'll tell you what, James, man. It's just about realizing that as I keep saying, life is a gift and it's all good. And you don't need to sweat the little things. In fact, you need to realize that all the little things that are happening in your life are there to make you stronger. And once you realize that stuff, you start embracing it, man. You start looking at it like, yeah, this is a challenge. I can't wait for the next challenge. I'm going for it all the way. In fact, give me more so I can get stronger and even get past whatever place I'm in right now in my life. You dig what I'm saying, man? So you just keep doing that. And then you're going to find one day you're a wise old sage. So that's what I tell all of you, women, men, all your listeners, man. They just need to remember that they can do it no matter what they think they can change that thought to positive inspiring thinking for themselves you know what i mean oh yes that's that's very wise ferris yeah man i try i do my best you know okay ferris look i knew i knew it would be important for me to call you and talk to you every once in a while and you know because you know i get down every once in a while and then i call ferris and he gives me a little pep talk and so that's why i thought it'd be good to call ferris now and have him give you all a pep talk before we even start the podcast yeah man so uh, get mr announcer guy out there oh okay, okay oh mr announcer guy oh yes james hey ferris is on the phone and wanted to talk to you i love ferris Hello, Ferris. How are you? I'm doing real good, man. How you doing? I'm very well, Ferris. Thank you. Listen, man. You announce a show. You do all that. Then afterwards, you come on down to the billiards. I wish you'd some pool. We're going to talk. We're going to hang out. We're going to have a good time. All right, brother? You got it, Ferris. All right, man. Do, do your announcer thing, man. All right, Ferris. It's the James Arnold Taylor Podcast. 
Talking to Myself, Episode 15. Today, James concludes his interview with Alan Arnold, author, speaker, producer, and creative coach, talking about his book, The Story of Will. Now, here he is, James Arnold Taylor. Yeah, man, that was, that was all right, brother. Okay, Ferris, thank you. I'm going to go now. Okay, Ferris, you got it, man. Bring those brothers with you, George and Charlton, okay? Oh, get them now. Okay, okay, so, wow, he left. All right, Ferris, uh, I guess he's off to go to the billiard zone, and I'm off to do this podcast. Thank you so much for uh, talking to us and just giving us some encouragement. You got any last words you want to share with uh, the listeners of the James Arnold Taylor podcast, Ferris? All right, everybody, listen up. You remember to sit back, enjoy the show, Take a listen, drink some water, do some deep breathing. But remember, you're here for a reason. James Arnold Taylor, he believes in you. That's why he does his show for you. You just have a bunch of fun, all right? Take care, everybody. Okay, Ferris. We'll see you later. Dude, see ya. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I I like all the stuff going on in the background. It sounds like a busy pool hall, doesn't it? The billiard zone and carp, man. Well, that's Ferris. One of the many characters on the James Arnold Taylor podcast. If you're new to the show, welcome. I really appreciate you taking the time. If you're old to the show, that doesn't sound right. But that would be the opposite, wouldn't it? If, you're, if you've already been listening for a while, I hope you've taken the time to uh, go uh, to iTunes and give me a nice review. Take some time, log in, do all that and say, oh, I like the show. So uh, Because the reviews are really what help move the show up and get uh, then the opportunities for more people to listen to the show and it gets bumped up in the, you know, in the whole thing of what's hot, what's not, and all of that. So give a five-star rating, give a nice review if you are on YouTube. A lot of you listen on YouTube. Uh, amazed, I get uh, quite a few of you listening on my YouTube channel and I am so appreciative of that and you put comments in there. I think what I'm going to start doing too, because a lot of you have uh, sent me emails, but you also make comments on the shows in YouTube and some of those I may read sometime every once in a while too have Bob hey Bob our email guy check some of those out and read some of those to me as well I hope you've had a wonderful week you know it's uh, more than likely if you're listening on the first day it's Wednesday then because that's when the show comes out and I hope you had a good week I had a good week a good weekend a lot of things going on so what do I do on the weekends well it depends it really depends. And a lot of times I tell you about it where we'll watch a movie or something. We did. We hung out and watched some uh, shows. My wife and my daughter and I love the TV show This Is Us. I know everybody's probably watching that. That's a big big show now. Very popular on NBC. This Is Us. We were huge Timeless fans because of, not just because of my friend Matt Lanter. I was going to say because of Matt. But Matt's the reason I watched it initially and then got hooked into the show and just loved it. So that just had its big ending, the series finale movie that they did a few weeks back and we watched that and that was a lot of fun but it's sad to see it go I would have loved to see Matt every week on that show for you know however many more years but I know he's uh, one of our hottest most sought after up and coming uh, well not up and coming he's not up and coming now he's established he's an established actor but uh, one of the hottest actors out there right now so I think people should be 
hiring him for all sorts. Of, I want to see Matt in movies. I want to see him in like, you know, someday Matt Lanter will be like Harrison Ford doing like clear and present danger. And uh, the, what was the Air Force One? And, you know, these kind of like big action. But now like he's the the established leading man guy that he could pull all that off when he's older, too. But when he's younger now, just give him all sorts of roles. I want to see him in all sorts of things. Comedies, dramas, you know, just whatever. Love the Matt Lanter. And, you know, he and his lovely wife, Angela, they have a podcast. I don't know if you know this. They have a podcast, uh, Hello Baby, right? Hey, speaking of podcasts, I have a Twitter account specifically for this show, this podcast, the James Arnold Taylor podcast now, and it is at the Jatcast, J-A-T cast, because instead of a podcast, it's a Jatcast. Why Jat? Because James Arnold Taylor, and there you go. So if you're on Twitter, follow me there as well, because I put extra little special things. Now, granted, on my regular Twitter account, I end up retweeting them all and stuff anyways, but that's a great way for you to connect with me as well. Lots of ways for you, the James Arnold Taylor fan, to connect with the James Arnold Taylor. There you go. So what I was going to say, though, is on the Twitter account, I'm noticing a lot of podcasts are following me. And so I follow them back because I feel like that's kind of on that podcast uh, Twitter account I have. I feel like that's the way you do it. You know, you follow each other, you help support each other, you check out each other's podcasts and stuff. There's a lot to listen to. I do spend a lot of time in the car driving. I don't know how most of you listen to the show. Some of you work out. I know uh, one gal, Megan, who listens to the show. She says she listens and works out. I think that's fantastic. I, uh, you know, every once in a while I'll listen to a podcast when I work out, but most of the time I like to listen to music and I like to listen to podcasts when I'm driving. What's uh, some of the hottest podcasts for me right now? You know, you're like, James, you have a podcast, but what do you listen to? Well, that's a good, that's a good topic. You know, Reginald, hey, Reginald, Reginald, Reggie. What? Stop, stop with the Reggie. I knew, I knew though, if I called you Reggie, you'd come in. Yes, James, what do you want? So ask me. This is a good little Ask Jat question. Get to know Jat, not Ask Jat, because Ask Jat's the emails. That, oh, it's very confusing. Yes, you're a very confusing person, James. Well, thank you. I try. I don't know what that means. All right. Anyways, ask me as a Get to Know Jat, what podcast do I listen to? Well, you've already brought it up. I know, but... All right. Yes, yes, yes. Right, right, right. <coughs> oh, you don't need to do that. <coughs> I'm warming up my voice. All right. It's time for Get to Know Jat. I'm your host, Reginald Blythe Woodrow III, and this question is for James Arnold Taylor. James, did you really need to do all that intro? Yes, I did. James, yes? What podcasts do you listen to? I'm so glad you asked, Reginald, and that it took that much time to do this. <laughs> right. Can I go now? Yes. I, you know, you have like a very small job on the show. You come in, you ask me a question, you interview me a little, and then you're gone. But And then you're, you're always, can I go? Can I go? Like, what is it you're doing? If you'd like to know the truth, what I'm actually doing is I'm helping Billy with his college work, his homework, his schoolwork. Oh, well, that's, well, you know what? Okay. All right. Reginald, fair enough. That's very nice of you to help Billy. Billy, our intern here at the show, that's very nice of you to help him with his schoolwork. What's, what subject? What are the subjects? It's actually a class on advanced automotives. Advanced automotives? What are you guys doing? We're taking your car apart. What? Goodbye, James. Wait, 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 no, no, wait. Oh, I think he was joking with me. I hope so. Okay. Thank you, Reginald. Don't call me Reggie. So what podcast do I listen to? I listen to a lot of podcasts. I do. Um, 
Let me look. Let me pull up my phone here right here. Okay. I've got the iPhone 10, by the way. Anybody have the iPhone 10? It's just one big screen and there's no home button or anything. And so you flip up and then it recognizes your face. But I'm talking on the mic and there's the, oh, ooh, the Aston microphones. Thank you, Aston microphones. They sent me their Swift Shield. Some of you may have seen the video there. It's a, this beautiful shield. And you can really hear the difference, can't you? It's like, so, pa, pa, pa. I mean, that doesn't pop anywhere near. Uh, like, you know, if I was... See, if I, I did a pee just then on the mic and that was away from the shield, that's terrible. But do the same thing. Hear that? Beautiful. The Aston Sound Swift Shield. Thank you, Aston, for sending that to me. That was lovely of them to send that as a gift to me. Wasn't that nice? I, I think it's wonderful. And they uh, their Aston microphone, the Origin, is the official mic of the James Arnold Taylor podcast. Many of you have been getting them. Again, remember, hey, if you have bought an Aston microphone on my recommendation, let them know on Twitter and Instagram. Go to their Twitter accounts, go to their Instagram accounts and say, hey, I did this because of Jat Actor. That's my handle on Twitter and Instagram, J-A-T Actor. He was, it was his recommendation. I listened to it on his podcast and I love the mic and I got the mic because of that. Let them know. All right, anyways. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I've got the iPhone 10. And it has to recognize your face, but it couldn't recognize my face through the uh, Aston microphone swift shield there because I'm holding the microphone up or I'm holding the phone up. On the, anyways, okay, it's very confusing. All right, what do I listen to? I'll tell you what. I Okay, so I listen to John Eldridge's podcast, uh, the Ransomed Heart podcast with, with my good friend Alan Arnold, who we are going to be talking to, playing the final part of my three-part interview with him very, very shortly. That's coming up right away. But check out their podcast, Ransomed Heart. He's going to give info on that too uh, in a bit here. That's a great one. Uh, talking tunes. You got the talking tunes with Rob Paulson. You got Hello Baby with uh, Matt and Angela Lanter. The Force Cast, uh, the Bible Project. I listen to theirs. I have uh, what else do I have in here? Uh, ooh, um, Charles Stanley, Doctor Charles Stanley, In Touch Ministries, Speech Bubble, Butch Hartman. Yeah, I got that. Uh, I got um, Know the Truth with Philip DeCourcy. Uh, these are so I, a lot of my podcasts are uh, are Christian ones. They're uh, pastors giving sermons. I like listening to them in the car. I get uh, pumped up from hearing these sermons. And so Philip DeCourcy is uh, one of my favorites. He is uh, a brilliant man, brilliant uh, pastor and teacher and theologian and writer. He's written a new book that's really great as well. And he's got a couple books out there. And he's out here in Los Angeles. He has a church out, uh, I believe, in Orange County. And I love listening to Philip DeCourcy. He is from Ireland. And he's got a wonderful Irish accent. And so everything he says... It's just a joy to listen to because he's got that wonderful voice uh, when he teaches. It's just beautiful. And then another fellow whose voice I love as well, uh, Tony Evans, Dr. Tony Evans out of Dallas, Texas. Dr. Evans is a brilliant uh, pastor as well and uh, has books out and such and a wonderful ministry. So his is um, The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans. Check that out, The Alternative those are the podcasts Jat listens to. Dr. Tony Evans, man, he is just on fire for God, but he's also on fire for people pursuing their life's goals and dreams and helping you and giving you practical tools based on scriptural things. You know, because again, he's a pastor. So look, you know, it's 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 all Christian stuff there that I listen to for the most part. Well, except for my friend's stuff and the Star Wars stuff that I listen to. But those those are the podcasts. That's a little quick look at the podcasts. Jat listens to. So what did I do this weekend? I went to uh, my friends. So I have some friends, uh, Carrie Tombazian. She's a voice actress. 
She's a very talented voice actress. You've heard her voice on all sorts of things. She does a lot of promo work and stuff. A wonderful uh, friend and her husband, Tom Babis. So her married, her professional name is Tom Bazian, but her married name is Babis. And they have three amazing children that are now adults. And they are kind of our hub. The Babises are the hub for our group of friends. So we have a group of friends some couples and then some singles and we all get together at at least once a month and we have a dinner over at the Babbises. And I just, I love going over there. Been our friends for gosh, going on 20 years now, Tom and Carrie, they, they are the, the people that like, again, you don't knock when you go to their house, you just walk in. That's how it is. You come in and that's, in fact, they get angry if you ring the doorbell or not. Cause they're like, what are you doing? You, this is your, mi casa es su casa. You come in and you enjoy it. And Carrie cooks beautiful food for everybody and everybody feasts and talks and they, there, there's many, everybody drinks wine. I don't drink wine, but you know, not anymore. I used to, everybody has wine and they, they chat. And then in the back of their house, in fact, I've shot some of the videos. In fact, if you've been on my YouTube channel, you've seen the uh, Princess Leia video where I interviewed all the ladies of Leia. That was shot at their house in their back. And they have a theater. They have a like a 15-seat theater that's beautiful, like an art deco theater. It's, it's gorgeous. And I've shot actually several things there in their theater. And that was what we did. So we went there last night and we watched, uh, we watched a movie. I watched the movie The Vanishing. Oh boy, that was an intense movie. That was, uh, that was uh, made by a bunch of Scotsmen. Uh, Gerard Butler was uh, one of the main stars of it and really interesting story. It was inspired by a true story of these three um, lighthouse keepers that vanished. And it's like, what happened? So it was a thriller, very intense, very R-rated, a lot of violence, a lot of, you know, all that stuff. So I don't recommend everybody watch that. But uh, but it was an interesting movie, um, uh, interesting uh, uh, whole kind of plot point of money and greed and all of these things and, you know, the stuff we do for that. So I thought it was interesting. But so that's what we do. We have dinner. We watch a movie. We have a lot of conversation. So we do that and we had that our time with our friends and that's just a wonderful time. That is important. Do you have a community of friends? Do you? I hope you would. And if you don't, I would hope you would start seeking one. And if you don't know how to seek one, well, then if you're somebody that prays, pray for one. Say, God, give me some help. Help me find a community of people that are my group, my people, the people I'm comfortable with. Very important thing to have, a group of people that you can be accountable to, they can be accountable to you, and you can also just fellowship, as we call it in our Christian faith. We call it fellowship, just uh, hanging out together, laughing, uh, crying, whatever you need. They're there for you. And sometimes that's family. You know, it could be just your regular family. You say, that's how it is with my family. Uh, many of you still live at home or what have you. You know, that might just be how it is with your family. Some of you may have it with your groups of friends from school. So whatever you do, make sure you have a community of friends and you have some fellowship. And if you don't have that, seek it out, okay? And, you know, I've given this advice to some folks uh, uh, on the podcast and as well. One in particular is a, a fellow named Chuck that is a listener on the show. And uh, Chuck has sent me uh, sent me a, a very nice email talking about the show and asking me questions about faith and stuff. And so I sent him one back and we've been kind of going back and forth and I've been trying to kind of help 
Chuck finds some answers to uh, things in his life, and I, I, I know he's okay with me sharing that stuff here. He kind of uh, went through his life not really close to God, but is curious about that and kind of reaching out about that. And, uh, you know, how do you seek that out? And one thing I told Chuck that I would tell all of you is never feel like you can't go to a local church and talk to a pastor. If you're curious about things, and even if you don't believe, I'll tell you what, pastors generally are going to be some of the most understanding people of that. So if you go and you say, James, you know, you talk about God a lot, but I'm an atheist or I'm an agnostic or I'm just whatever. Still going and talking to a pastor saying, look, I just want to honestly talk to somebody. and I just want some honest answers. And then you can decide based on what they give you if that resonates with you in your heart. So they're going to give you what is honest, honestly, what they believe, certainly they're going to be very helpful. And they're usually, there's going to be a, quite an open door policy for that. I recommend going to like a Lutheran church and going in and go in during the day and go to the office and say, you know, I'm just curious. Do you all have a, a pastor on staff that I might be able to set up a time to talk with for a half hour or something and kind of just, you know, I just have questions, just have questions about life and uh, what this is all about. And they are more than likely going to connect you with somebody there. And, and it could be any church. It really could. I'm, I go to a Lutheran church and I find that the Lutheran uh, doctrine is really neat and wonderful. And hey, that's my little bit of advice for you all this week. Go in. And if you have questions, go talk to a pastor. Just talk to them. You don't need to look. You don't need to go to their church. You don't need to go and uh, accept Jesus. You don't have to do anything other than this is giving you an opportunity to talk to somebody. Because so many of you, you want to talk to me and you do. You send emails and I send emails back. And I love that and keep doing that. That's fine. I'm not saying not to do that. But I am saying open up your door to other possibilities that are right in your own neighborhood. And if you want advice, it is going to be like the advice I give you. That's what you're going to get because that's who I am, as we know. Everybody drinking water? Okay. James Arnold Taylor podcast. You know what you got to do? You got to drink water. You got to have water with you. I'm drinking water. Hang on. You may wonder, what's that sound? Okay. So I have a glass mug and it's got a cap on the top, a plastic lid that I unscrew and screw on. And that is, uh, and it keeps my water from getting dusty. (laughs) And uh, so there you go. Because I'm a bit OCD about my water. Yep. Okay, but I'm not OCD about my time with Alan Arnold. In fact, it is time for the third, the finale, if you will, the finale, the finale, take your pick, of my interview with Alan Arnold, author of The Story of With a Better Way to Live, Love, and Create. I hope you've went out and got the book on Amazon.com. You can get it in Kindle, you can get it in paperback, or you can get it in Audible, which is, of course, featuring the lovely, wonderful Catherine Tabor reading the allegory part, and the lovely, wonderful me, James Arnold Taylor, (laughs) reading the other parts of the book. It's great. Some of you have done both. You get the book and then you get the audible and you listen and read along at the same time. That's pretty cool. So we're going to dive deep here on this one. This is a longer segment and we are going to talk more about our faith. We are going to talk about how our creativity and our faith blend together. We're going to talk about all the things that come up against us, resistance and, and enemies of our work and what we do and who we are. We're going to dive deep here today, and I hope that's all right with all of you. And I do hope that no matter what you believe in life, you take all this to heart and you apply it to your own life, because that's really what Alan and I want you to do. Take the best parts of these things, apply them to your life, find the answers to your creative power and use it. So here is my third part, the final part of my interview with my dear friend, Alan Arnold, author of The Story of With. 
on the James Arnold Taylor Podcast. You know, you're on my podcast, but you are on uh, another podcast as well that I, I listen to all the time, and that is the Ransomed Heart Podcast. Can you tell people about that? Absolutely. For those who are interested, so Ransomed Heart is a ministry of the heart. It's based on Isaiah 61, which is an Old Testament book of the Bible, and it's when Jesus was asked, why are you here? What is your mission in the New Testament? Mm -hmm. He refers back to Isaiah 61, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he says, I have come to heal the brokenhearted and to set the captives free. Mm -hmm. And so Ransomed Heart is a ministry of helping people reawaken to their heart, the heart that God gave them, and to introduce them to what it's like to be in freedom with God. And so it's not a religious group. It's not tied to a denomination. If you go to ransomedheart.com, R-A-N-S-O-M-E-D-H-E-A-R-T.com, you can find on the homepage, we do a weekly podcast. Oftentimes, I'm doing the podcast with John, mm -hmm. uh, but I produce them all. And the goal of each podcast each week is really to invite listeners into a conversation of our journey of knowing God on a deeper level and it's raw it's real yeah that's the thing i really love about it is it is not it, it does not come off as uh church or or super spiritual it's like you say it's raw and real you guys are just uh, just people absolutely and like just to give you the listeners some ideas of what we talk about earlier this year we had a series on god movies and your story so mm -hmm. we talked about pop culture uh god and story We've talked about micro practices. How do you go through life with some micro practices mm. to just remember who you are and why you're here? Wow. Um, we've talked about what's going on when you feel like you're trying to do your very best and yet life continually trips you up. Mm -hmm. um, what, how do you, what's the interpretation of that? How do you see that? Those yeah. are just some examples of the kind of conversations we have there on a weekly basis. Really fascinating stuff. Thank you for sharing that, Jess, because I enjoy it so much and I, I want my listeners, if they don't already know about it, to tune in and listen because it's so great. You know, our last conversation, we were just talking a, a week or two ago on the phone about just creativity and finding it. And there's so many people that are listening to this that are creative people, that are artists, that are writers, that are, you know, comic book artists or graphic artists on the computer and such. And there's so many people that want to do voice work and be actors and things as well. What do you say to people uh, because you speak, you give keynotes kind of everywhere and you, uh, you're you dealing with all sorts of creatives. Now, primarily, a lot of times you're talking to writers, but I think it goes across the board, just like you talk about in your book, you know, from chefs to artists to, you know, whomever. What do you say to somebody that says, Alan, I'm stuck? Yep. Well, and most people that have a really deep creative love and desire find themselves at some point stuck. So first I say, it's normal. It's normal to feel that way. And the, the, the thing you want to make sure you do is don't stay that way. Mm. And because there is a better way to approach creativity than simply seeing it as something you're good at and then trying to do more. And James, a lot of people, um, for instance, they put their validation in their creativity. Yeah. And boy, that's and I talk to people in all sorts of creative fields who do this. And the problem is, all of a sudden, when either somebody supersedes them 
yeah. or the next big thing comes along. Yeah. If you put your identity and your validation in what you do, you're setting yourself up for a fall because there's always something next and new. And people's attention span in today's world yeah. is so short term. Like it's it's like the next shiny object appears and people all turn their head. <laughs> and if you're that shiny object, it's cool for that 30 seconds. Yeah. But then they turn their head the next shiny object. So yeah. what I do is try to take people into a deeper, truer version of what is success for what you were born to do. And how do you pursue those dreams, not downsize those dreams, but how do you actually pursue bigger dreams, the kind that can only happen if God comes through and if you trust enough to step out. And when that happens, the impact of that artist is immense. The the canvas they create on, regardless of what their field is, increases. Their influence increases. But it starts by knowing who they are yeah. And it's an invitation really into deeper identity, intimacy, and imagination with God. And yeah. so what I get to do, and sometimes it's one-on-one, um, people will fly out to Colorado where I'm at, mm-hmm. and we'll spend a day together. And it starts with, kind of going back to the beginning of our podcast, it starts yeah. with going into their story and understanding what is it that has always drawn you from the beginning of life to something that you couldn't necessarily explain, but it was just whether that's, uh, I mean, anything that somebody's listening to that they're drawn to. And now how does that play into who you are? And now how do you approach that with God? What is this larger story that's being told mm. through who you are and what you can do? And so it's it's a blast. We'll spend a day together. It's um, active. It's there's exercises, there's conversation. I'll show yeah. them movie clips, um, you know, scenes from different shows and yeah. and help them see from watching these three minutes and this five minutes, um, a small piece of a movie or a yeah. small piece of a video of, now, why are you tearing up in that particular scene? Ah. Because it's it's not necessarily that that would be your favorite movie, but there's something eternal going on in that scene and now we get to unwrap that together explore that together Mm -hmm. and so when people leave my goal for them is whatever you've invested in this time i want to see that come back five tenfold in your creativity and in your confidence and in the peace that you now have where there was striving now you get to be set free now you get to pursue what you love without striving without trying to find this Um, validation that can come and go. And when they have this truer version of success, boy, then you're creating in freedom. And when you're creating in freedom, all of a sudden the things that felt hard to do just pour out. And and that's usually when the person will get back later and say, man, the story that I've been struggling with for years, I've got now the first draft. And it was easier than I thought because I can now pursue it in a different way. So that's- That's a fun thing I get to do. Sometimes uh, it's through phone calls and, and coaching by phone, but sure. sometimes it's in person. But that's my heart is to go after the heart of creatives and help them pursue what they were put here to do in truer, deeper, greater fashion. And when that happens, it, it's such a great feeling to watch them, that spark happen, and they yeah. walk out a different person. Do you think that sometimes people don't feel they have the um, the right to be inspired. Does that make sense? They get so stuck that it's kind of like, well, you know, who am I 
to even be that. You know, maybe I shouldn't even be doing this, but oh, absolutely. I think I think the world uh, yeah. will do that to people. It will beat people down. I think sometimes people still hear the voices. We were talking about agreements earlier. Yeah. Um, some people still hear the voice of a mom or dad who says you have no talent, or a coach who says you'll never be successful, or a teacher or a friend um, whose words really cut. And right. so I think that's what you're naming, James, is huge because a big part of what people have to overcome is not so much. I mean, the reason I can work with painters or with chefs or with mm -hmm. teachers when I've never been any of those three things yeah. is because I don't have to be a painter, a chef or a teacher. What I get to do is bring people back into their story and yeah. say, here are the reasons your art is stuck. Your creativity is stuck because you're stuck in your story. And so we, uh, we get you unstuck from your story. We give you new eyes to see really who you are and what you've been invited into and how God plays a part of that, how you can co-align with him and your creativity. Yeah. Now you're unstuck from your story and your art becomes unstuck because rarely is the gifting the problem. The problem is with us. Yeah, is you know, I I found myself in almost a bit of a rut earlier uh, this year and such, was through some health things and stuff. But what I find all of those things do is they bring me down into this place. And I I've never looked at myself as a victim uh, in life. I've always just been like, look, you know, this is this is life, and this is what you do. And I realized it was starting me down a path of kind of victimhood or victimization of kind of you start kind of making excuses when you get stuck like that. And uh, I found that I really needed to just go, wait a second, I do have a story and my story is not this and I don't need to go down this path. But it's amazing those voices that come in and want to tell us, no, no, that's it. And you know what? Start blaming those people. And uh, oh yeah, that that's also what held you up and this and that instead of just living that story. I don't know, does that resonate at all? It totally resonates. And and I think people also have to, to realize part of understanding their story, the universal story, is we have an enemy. Yeah. And he is out to kill, steal, and destroy. Yeah. And, and that means our dreams, by the way, yeah. as much as it means our life. Right. If he can neuter us, yep. if he can derail us, if he can get us to give up our dreams, why does that matter, some people would ask. Well, if the number one goal of God, which I believe is intimacy, with his sons and daughters, mm -hmm. the number one goal of the enemy is to stop that intimacy, to derail that intimacy. And if our creativity is a way to experience who God is as creator, and now we yeah. co-create and we get to yeah. know him more and who we are more as we step into our gifting, well, you bet the enemy's going to oppose that. Yeah. Anything that we do for this for this life in this world that has an eternal spark, it will be opposed. Yeah. If it brings love, hope, life, it will be opposed. And so we have to wake up and realize maybe it's so hard, not because I'm just blowing it. <laughs> maybe it's so hard because I have something to offer that could radically transform the world around me right. and the lives around me. Yeah. And there's an enemy that will do anything to derail that. So now that I know that, I can quit blaming myself. I can quit thinking I just don't have what it takes or somehow I'm just not lucky enough. And I can really step into my gifting with a new strength and with a new hope. And again, when, when you have freedom 
and an awakened heart, your art will follow. Your art follows your heart. If your heart is numb, if your heart has given up, if you feel out of hope, it's very hard to create something Mm -hmm. that has an eternal spark. Yeah. But when you awaken and then you see those new colors and ideas, it's it's not again, I'm not talking about religious art or creativity. Right. I'm talking about uh what could be tomorrow's number one show on NBC. I'm talking about, you know, the the greatest architect um creativity that would happen with a building in Chicago. I'm talking right. about how to revolutionize a school system. Right. It's 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 not it's anything you were born to do here. How do you do that with a power that transcends you? Yeah. Because, yeah, that's that's the goal is not just to create in your own limitations, mm-hmm. but to create beyond your limitations yeah. in a way that you can only do, in my opinion, with God. Yeah, abso- absolutely. You know, I, I don't know uh, how much you've read or if you've read any of like uh, Norman Vincent Peale's work, but The Power of Positive Thinking. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really into all of that. I love all of that. And, and, and other stuff that does not fall on the, um, on the spiritual side of it, uh, like uh, Joe Dispenza has written books about brain and envisioning and, yes. uh, and imagining those things and seeing ahead. And, you know, in, in all of them, they talk about everybody from, you know, Abraham Lincoln to Gandhi, these people that had these ideas and these visions that were far greater than where they were at the time. Mm-hmm. And they saw ahead in it. We have to play our movies forward. We have to see what that is and then just start believing it and start taking that in and digesting that regularly and uh, not just letting that uh, the enemy come in and, and steal, kill, and destroy. So Right. And, yeah. and the enemy will try to do that. I think, James, one big way is through chaos. Ah, and so great. Yeah. Talk we, about that. That's awesome. Well, if I could see any, everybody listening right now and we yeah. ask the question, how many of you listening can name something chaotic in your life right now. Yeah. My guess is everybody would raise their hand. Everybody would quickly <laughs> yeah. go, Me, yeah, are you kidding Absolutely. me? I've got 10. I think we've mislearned what chaos is and how to react because the enemy uses chaos to cause us to give up, mm-hmm. to lose hope, mm-hmm. to kind of go into the fetal position and, and curl up in a ball or just on the other extreme, try to control it. Okay, I'm going to try to control everything in my life to avoid this chaos. Well, fear, control, passivity, uh, hunkering down, none of those things work with chaos. What works, what I found works with chaos, especially when it comes to our creativity, Mm -hmm. is say, okay, with God, I'm going to step into what's opposing who I am and what I was put on this earth to do. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to become chaotic in the process I'm going to be the calm in that family situation, yeah. in that company, yeah. in my writing, in my voice, in my songs. I'm going to come up against chaos with God. And, yeah. and, and I know with God and I entering into it, chaos will blink first because, <laughs> because God is far bigger and stronger than chaos. And, and yeah. chaos creates fear. And the one thing that conquers fear is love. You know, the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is fear. And Mm. so chaos is meant to provoke fear. And it's hard to create when we are in a a position of feeling fear. But when we feel love, when we feel peace, when we feel freedom, that's where the greatest works. Even if somebody's in a jail cell, if they feel freedom and peace within themselves, 
they can create regardless of the external environment. So what we have to somehow do is move past the chaos in our life, because by the way, there will, you know, there's, there's always going to be chaos, but we never have to become chaotic. And so I believe a lot of people listening, your gifting, your talent is actually to step into the chaos and bring order and peace and love and hope and joy. And so that's what we get invited into in a million different ways. And when we do that, it really is what I would call a rebirth of our creativity. It's a remembrance of who are we again? What is our story? Why are we here like Neo in the Matrix? Right. What is the truer way to see my life? Why am I really here? And now, how do I step into that with a rebirth of what I was born to do, my creativity, and, and with restored hope and with a renewed passion? And, and so for the people listening who have kind of just said, yeah, I, I kind of dabble in this, or I used to play the guitar when I was 15, but you know, yeah. I've got now I'm, now I'm just kind of dealing with the real stuff of life. Right. I would say maybe relook at that because, yeah, like there's, there's jobs and there's things we, responsibilities we have to do. Sure. And we were invited to pursue not smaller dreams, but bigger dreams. And the things that make us come alive, mm. if God's given us that desire, then he yeah. will see it through yeah. if we step into it together. Boy, it's so important. And it's, I, I, you had brought this up on a phone call about chaos. I just thought it's because, you know, I can go to the mall and if you want to see chaos, go to a mall, <laughs> go into an Abercrombie and Finch store. You know, you've got smells, you've got sounds, you've got people, you've got, I mean, it is just chaotic everywhere now. And the funny thing to me is, you know, I have a 13 year old daughter and I know you have uh, teenagers as well. They can groove into the chaos, so to speak, a lot better than I can, and they can function better within it. And I love what you're saying is that that's kind of how we have to be. We have to be able to kind of see that and go, I am strong and I am not wavering from my mission within this chaos. Is that, am I hearing you properly in that? Absolutely. And I think that, I think we as humans are drawn to people who in the midst of chaos can be true to who they are and bring peace. And the people that we're repelled by are the people who, when chaos hits, they melt down and they become chaotic. Chaos increases in those situations. And so um, what I'm not saying is we do this in our own strength. But what I am saying is, well, in Genesis, Genesis, first book of the Bible, Genesis 1-2, so the second verse, it talks about how the Spirit of God hovers over the murky darkness, the chaos, the the unknown. And a lot of Hebrew scholars uh, refer to what that's saying there is, even before the literal creation began, mm-hmm. something was going on because there was chaos. And the Spirit of God hovers over that. It's a beautiful image. It, you know, it's if you think about what that brings to mind, how that would look. Yeah. But, the, but what happens when the Spirit goes into that is beauty life and order come from it a lot of the hebrew scholars would say and so and so so whatever else is going on there Mm -hmm. god as creator is stepping into chaos and saying i can use that as my tools i can bring beauty life and order from the chaos and now through our creativity he says now you bring something new into existence by changing the atmosphere of where you are Mm -hmm. in a school in a mall in an art studio, 
in right. a kitchen of a restaurant, you start your creativity by changing the atmosphere and bringing beauty, life, and order, sometimes without saying a word. Yeah, a, a perfect story for this actually it just happened yesterday. So my daughter does ballet and uh, she just started back up because it's the new school year and everything. And and she goes in there and, you know, you go into, a, I don't know if anybody goes into a ballet studio ever and you see it is just a lot of gals with, you know, hair and makeup <laughs> and stuff. And there's just a lot, there's a lot of chaos going on in there. And... Lydia will come out of a class and she will be like, you know, kind of buzzing with the electricity of all of that. And then she'll be talking like everybody else and she'll be doing, and uh, she started talking about their shoes. So they have their ballet shoes, you know, the slippers. And she said, oh yeah, you can only use them a couple times, then they're dead. And I went, mm. they're what? And she said, they're dead. She said, that's, that's what we say. We say they're dead. I said, you know, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm the old uh, groovy hippie dad, I guess. But uh, <laughs> I said, you know, I'm wondering, I'm going to challenge you, Lydia. Can you find a word or a, or a phrase or something that is not so negative to describe your shoes? Because your shoes, for one, they were never a living thing. When you wear them, they become, you breathe life into your mm. dance and such with them. But it's such a negative to put that, you know, on there. And I said, you know, if you can do that, I bet you other people will start taking that on because she's got a very kind of a leader mentality about her anyways. And I, I, so I challenged her to just try to find the positive words and wordings of things like, like that. I mean, it's a very small thing. Yes. And I said, just see how it changes the environment. See how the people around you react to that. And we've had that conversation before about things where she will change a word or a phrase because, oh, man, I mean, well, you, again, you have kids. I, I, the, the phrases and stuff now, I go, some of them are really kind of not life-giving at all. Do you find that to be the case? I do. Even when... In a sense, it sounds life-giving, like one of the phrases that our kids, when they say it now at our house, they'll kind of look at me because they know I'm about to challenge them. But <laughs> when I'll invite them into something, a lot yeah. of times the answer is, I'm good, <laughs> meaning no, no, I'm not going to do that, and I'm good. But they're not really good. Like, right. like what they're choosing to do maybe is just stare at an iPad or do yeah. something, and I'm inviting them outdoors to to play ball or to do a sport or to... Or, you know, some adventure. Right. And um, yeah, so it's funny, James, because a lot of their expressions, like, I'm good. I'm like, and I've just learned to go, no, you're really not good right now. You're, you've been sitting on the couch for an hour. Yeah. This will be good. Let's go do that. Let's change the meaning of what you're saying. And yet, I love how the younger generation can sniff out and tell, like, their their BS meter yeah. is so... <laughs> more attuned than it was when I was a kid. Yeah. And and so the nice thing is I think that younger generation, they want authenticity. They right. want a life that matters. They actually can see story, I think, better than our generation could growing up. Yeah. In terms of seeing life as a story and themselves as part of it, a lot of times they just miss what their role in the story is. And mm. so their story, in a sense, it sabotages who they could be because right. they settle for a smaller role and they settle for, well, I, you know, I'm kind of invisible, but I'm okay being, being the small role over here. And I think that the beauty of what we get to do as parents and as, yeah. is also just, you know, friends and of people of artists and others is to say, Hey, no, there's a larger story. Actually, you're not good. That's not good because yeah. if you don't become who you fully were meant to be, Right. We're never going to have that symphony. 
we're never going to have that dance, that play, yeah. that dish cooked, that you know, um, yeah. counseling center built because yeah. because you're not good taking a secondary role, settling for the status quo yeah. when there's so much more. And so through podcasts like this and conversations like that, that's what makes me come alive. It's just it's not a pep talk and it's not, you know, trying to just say positive words, but it's right. saying there really is a better way to approach your dreams and your creativity yeah. And and the easiest thing we can do is get stuck in our story, and the enemy loves to see us just side railed, and we just that's kind of where we camp out. And yeah. and yet God is saying, come along if you want to see something more than you ever thought could be, come with me, and I'll show you great and mighty, wild, crazy, unbelievable things. It's um, one of my favorite quotes is from a Persian um, prophet from I believe around the 11th or 12th century. But his name is Hafiz. Mm -hmm. And what he says is, wherever you have dreamed of going, I have camped there and left firewood for when you arrive. Right. That's in your book too, right? Yeah. It's at the beginning of my book. And it and I put it there because I really sense that's God's invitation to each person listening to all of us is, right, right, right. Those dreams that you've always had from childhood that you've buried or given up on. Or that the thought of what life could be that you've just finally said, it's beating me down. I, I give up. I raise the white flag. Yeah. And God is saying, no, no, no. Of all those things you've dreamed of, I've already been there. And I haven't just been there. I've left firewood. I've prepared a place for you. Yeah. And it's ready for you. And we get to experience it together. So, so you know, really what we're inviting people into, I think, if we distill it all down, yeah. is a journey. It's a right. journey with God. The story of with is a journey of with, of intimate, active pursuit of life with God. And most of the really creative people I talk to who are like at the top of their game, they will say the very best book or movie or story or art or song you can invite people into mm-hmm. is actually, it's thematically the journey you're on right now. If you're the mm-hmm. creator what people don't need is another lesson. They don't need to be taught or lectured to. They right. need to be invited into a journey. And the best journey you can invite people on is the journey you're actively on right now. That The freedom in that is you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to know every detail about how it's going to come out. All you have to do is say, this is through poetry, through art, however you do it, right. to basically say, Here's this journey I'm on, and there's no guarantees. There's no safety net under me. I'm I'm walking a tightrope, you know, between yeah. two very high mountains, and I'm not sure how it's going to work out. But I've never felt more alive, yeah. metaphorically speaking, uh, with the tightrope. I've never felt more alive, right. and I know I'm doing this with God at His invitation. Right? Do you want to come along? Do you want to join me on that journey? And so really, that's what we're doing is inviting people into their own journeys with God to pursue their dreams. It's perfect. And it's a perfect way to to start wrapping it too in that that is exactly what I tried to do with this podcast. Because I was like, you know, I've done all these various things in the videos and things lately. And, you know, and I love all of it. I love it all. But 
this is what I was kind of meant to do is just audio stuff. I love audio. And I was like, why haven't I been podcasting? And I thought, well, what would I make it about? Mm-hmm. And and then it's like, well, I want it to be a little bit about voices. I want it to be a little bit about Hollywood and pop culture, but I want it to be about what my real journey is, which is my passion. And that's pursuing a life with God. And And so conversations like this are exactly it. And I love that it fits so perfectly into the whole podcast and the show. And I think people are very accepting of it then too, when you're just honestly saying, this is my journey. You know, hey man, this is this is who I am. This is what I'm about. And so you've said it perfectly uh, about me and my own journey. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for saying <laughs> it about me. Uh, yeah. And hopefully about everybody else that is listening to it. So Alan Arnold, where can everybody find you? And, and, and even if, you know, if people were interested and they say, I am a writer, I am, uh, you know, an artist, I am this and I'm stuck in this. And boy, would it be great for me to be able to have some type of um, session with you and stuff. Is that stuff you offer? And just tell us how we can get in touch with you. And if that's all part of it. Absolutely. Well, My first invitation, if people are new to this message, would be just check out the book, The Story of With. James recorded a good bit of the audio with, as he said, with Kat. So it's on Audible if you want to listen to it. It's on Amazon if you want to get the book or the ebook. But start there because I think that story will be a shortcut to your heart and will maybe help the beginning steps of a journey. Um, But also, I welcome people to reach out to me. They can find me. My website is with Allen, W-I-T-H-A-L-L-E-N.com, and they can find me there. Um, I have a Twitter account where I talk about creativity and share thoughts and ideas. Yeah, I love your posts and stuff. It's great stuff. And that's it, um, the story of with. So there, there's plenty of ways to engage, and my website um, has an email address, and if people want to reach out about coaching and mentoring Um, I do that with small groups. I do it one-on-one and I also do it by phone. And so I don't have a lot of of free space right now in that, but what I'm looking for are these rare artists, these people who are hungering for more and who are at that point to say, I want to start that journey or I'm stuck and I'm Mm -hmm. really ready to accelerate the journey. Right. And, uh, you know, I'll do everything I can to make space for those people. But um, that's how they can reach me. And James, I love what you're doing. Like when oh, I think thanks. of you and this podcast and just your, your, the work you do your vo- as a voice actor and your talent, like to me, it's a perfect example of somebody who has come alive in their gifting in a way that no one else could do what you do like you do. And that's true because of you, you've stepped into your own story in a very purposeful, examined, creative way. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. No, I think, and again, that goes along with uh, exactly what you've been saying is you feel it, you know it. That's certainly what I've tried to do uh, in, in everything and am always trying to do so. And and likewise with you. And again, I cannot recommend the book high enough. I, of course, I will put links and stuff and I will talk about it uh, here as much as I can, because I think... Uh, Everybody, no matter who you are, you have a story and it is the most important thing to know that and to accept that and embrace that. And Alan Arnold puts it so well in his book, The Story of With, A Better Way to Live, Love and Create. And Alan, I thank you so much for spending so much time with me and inspiring all of us. I really do. Thanks, James. It's been great. And there you have it. The conclusion of my interview with Alan Arnold here on the James Arnold Taylor podcast. I hope you liked it. Longer segment there. We really got into a lot of stuff there. And I was like, I could break it up into more 
shows, but I felt like the flow of it was really going there. And, you know, we did not play any segments of the book this time because it was a longer interview. But I do encourage you to check out the audible version, the um, audio version, I should say, of the book, The Story of With, A Better Way to Live, Love, and Create. So you can check out the fantastic Catherine Tabor, who, by the way, I am going to have as a guest here on the podcast pretty soon. We're going to talk about some stuff, and maybe it will be a pilot episode of a new podcast that her and I would be working on putting together. So I've mentioned that before. Many of you are very responsive to the idea of Catherine Tabor and I doing a separate podcast about working in Hollywood while being a person of faith. And so we will perhaps put a podcast together soon on that because I don't have enough uh, things to do in my life. (laughs) Oh, you know, I put a new video out on my YouTube channel this last week how I chose to become a voice actor. It's a segment from my stage show. If you have subscribed to the channel on YouTube, hopefully you've checked out the video. It came out this last week. A lot of people have watched it already. I think there's over uh, close to 2,000 views. So that's fantastic. And it's just a fun little story. I put it together for my stage show, but I've only performed it once in my stage show because I wrote it about two and a half years ago for the show when I was doing the show out here in Los Angeles in Burbank at the Colony Theater. And there's some videos on that and such. And I put some shots out of that. But my dear friend, Joe Hogan, fantastic artist who has done all the artwork for Clone Wars Conversations and the intros for my stage show and all these and other bits and pieces throughout my stage show, the day in the life stuff. And he's working on other videos for me for it as well. He did the uh, Tell Titus a Tale and the Moment with a Master. He, he does a lot of the animation, most of the animation uh, for my channel, my YouTube channel, and my show, my stage show. Joe did a great job animating this story that I tell of how, when I was four years old, I wanted to be a doctor. And then there's a whole story there that makes me change my mind and realize the true thing I wanted to do was be an entertainer and do voices. And so, you know, the thing is, is it is a true story. That whole video that you watch on my YouTube channel there, uh, check it out if you haven't, how I chose to become a voice actor, is a true story, honest to goodness. And I remember from that point, I can actually remember being four years old and doing voices in Bugs Bunny and Pete Puma and Daffy Duck and just goofing off and, and it, you know, Cookie Monster Kermit the Frog, all those voices, just loving all of that and doing those. And from that point on, just doing it. So there you go. Check that video out. I put it out. I had a lot of fun putting that together. I'm going to be putting some more videos out on the YouTube channel. I know many of you subscribe to my YouTube channel and it's like, well, you've been putting the podcast out every week, but those aren't actual videos. That's content there on the show, which is great. But uh, there's some more videos. What I'm doing is I'm, I'm making some of the pieces for my stage show, little short clips to put out on my YouTube channel as standalones and some of them also to be done in the studio environment because that stage show is done live and usually I'm wearing like a headphone mic and it's I'm running around and I'm doing all of that you don't necessarily always get the best sense of the voices and the sound if you see the show live so I like the idea of doing some of these things in the studio to give you a better sense of what some of those voices sound like I've considered doing you know the similar voices video that I have that I've talked about here where I run through all the various voices, you'd make this voice and it turns into that voice and et cetera, et cetera. I was thinking of doing a in-studio version of that. I was thinking of actually doing an in-studio version, in-studio version of my 
whole stage show just here, right here in the booth and set up a camera and just basically while I'm just here in my booth or in my studio, record the show and do it live there on a really nice mic like this Aston microphone with great compression and sound and do a version of that. I may do that at some point because I am rewriting my stage show right now and the newer version is going to be more intimate because in the past I've done it for huge audiences. You know, at Star Wars uh, Celebration, it was 5,500 people in a, in a stadium. And before that, it was 3,500 people at a, at a theater. And then before that, it was Star Wars Weekends and I was doing it to a couple thousand people. And so it it's always been done on a big scale. And I like the idea of creating it on a smaller scale as well. And so I've recorded a new intro for the show, which is really cool. And I've cut some new videos and stuff. And I'm I'm reworking the show. And Joe Hogan's going to be doing some new videos for me on that as well, too. But I digress from telling you all about the YouTube stuff and the videos. Please check them out. Anyways, that's my cheap, shameless plug for my own stuff. But it's now time to bring in Bob. Hey, Bob. Hey, Bob, 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 Bob. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, James. I'm sorry. I, I was, I was in- entertained by your interview with Alan Arnold. I wasn't expecting to have to come in just yet. Yeah, well, no, it's good. So we're ready to do some emails. What do you think? In doobly doo, in doobly dee, in doobly da. Yes, in doobly. Okay, that's. I think what you're originally you're trying to say indubitably, right? In doobly dee, in doobly da. Yeah. Okay, Bob. So, Bob, I still have never told the story of hey, Bob, 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 Bob. No, 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 no. You haven't. But I am. I'm not going to. I'm just going to hint around to it, and people go, "Come on, tell the story." I'm not going to. All right. Anyways. Bob, uh, did you jump out of any airplanes or anything? I, as a matter of fact, in doobly doo, I did. Yes, I did, and it was a lot of fun. I can't even imagine how how high up do you get? I mean, like you're like, I, I mean, miles up, right? Oh, well, yes, no, you go up very high, and you're in a little a small little plane, and then you go out, and the, the first few times you're with somebody else, and you're a tandem jump, and you so you're connected to them, right? So you, but you, you're not connected to anybody now when you jump out of a plane, Bob. Oh no, no, I just do it myself. That's that's wild. That's wild. Okay. That's I learn something new about you every day, Bob. Yes, you do. All right, Bob. Uh, what do you got uh, email-wise? Well, you were uh, speaking of Star Wars Weekends. Yeah, yep. Star Wars Weekends was at Disney, and they uh, got rid of it. I wish they'd bring it back. And if they ever bring it back, oh, I hope they have me host again. Wouldn't that be lovely? Oh, boy. If you're, you know, fans of that and you go there and everything, tell them. We want Star Wars Weekends back, and we want James Arnold Taylor to host it. Unless you don't like me and you don't want me, then I guess you wouldn't say that. But if you're listening to this podcast, more likely you like me and you would want me to host it. So there you go. Okay, so tell them. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yes, what about Star Wars Weekends, Bob? We have one from Sammy from the United States. It says, hi, James and Bob. Hey, Bob. No, no, no. Hey, hey, Bob. Bob, Bob, Bob. That's what, that's what he's saying. Hey, Bob. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, Bob. No, hey, Bob. Hey, Bob. No, no. Hey, Bob, Bob, Bob. Hey, Bob, Bob, Bob. Yeah, whatever. All right. What what does what does Sammy ask? Oh yeah, uh, Sammy says I loved Star Wars Weekends at Walt Disney World. It was tied with the Osborne Christmas lights, both which are gone. Oh yeah. See, Disney's uh, they change stuff up, you know, every once in a while. But that's fine. That's whatever. It's their to each his own, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. But uh, Sammy says, uh, don't take that as an omen, since I like your show so much. Oh, <laughs> my podcast. Oh, I get it. <laughs> 
You were a wonderful host, and my favorite memory was in the last year when you did an interview with Frank Oz. It was incredible to hear from such a legend and hear his stories. It was, and I've played some of those clips here on the James Arnold Taylor podcast in some of the first episodes, some of my time with Frank Oz. I, we should revisit some of those and play some more of that stuff with my time with Frank because Frank is a wonderful man, and I enjoyed that uh, very much, and he and I still stay in touch. And uh, I saw him uh, about a year ago or so and went to a show that he was directing and just a a, a great person. Yes, yes. Well, Sammy asks then, what was your favorite memory from all your times at Star Wars weekends? Also, do you have any silly stories you can share from that event? Again, I appreciate all you have done with the podcast and I'm looking forward to hearing more from you and the rest of the gang. All right. Well, okay. So, um... Favorite uh, favorite memory from all my times at Star Wars weekends? Wow, uh, there's so many wonderful memories. I I guess I would have to say though, you know, going back to the very first one back in 2011 was when I did the first Star Wars weekends as the host. Two years prior to that, uh, 2010 and 20 uh, 2009, I was just a guest there and came in and I did the behind the force show with Ashley Eckstein. But then in 2011 was the first year I hosted. And that was, that. I don't know if that's my favorite because all of the years after that, five years of hosting it just were wonderful. And I, I, just, I just miss it so much. And I miss all the people. I miss all the casting crew. I, got, I, I think I got one from um, somebody that was a cast member there, wasn't it? Um, yes, uh, Joe, Joe Teague. Joe Teague uh, sent me one recently and joe is a uh, cast and crew member there at star wars weekends i just i miss all the family uh of star wars weekends but my favorite moments well i would just have to say that the first time i performed my stage show at star wars weekends was a, a, a landmark moment for me i don't know if it was my favorite moment but it was a landmark moment in that first weekend so the way star wars weekends would work it would be friday saturday and sunday and there were i would do like seven i would host seven different shows and so you'd have the behind the force show, you'd have the, the, um, the motorcade and I'd get up there and do the intro for the, the day. And I'd have the stars of the saga show and we'd have the Ray Park show or Warwick Davis's show, or, you know, all these shows where I got to interact with everybody and do that. And then I had my stage show. That was always like one of the last things we did in the, on the night was, uh, Obi-Wan and beyond is what we called it. My stage show is called talking to myself, but there we called it Obi-Wan and beyond because we wanted a star Wars theme. So the first year I did my stage show, the first week I did my stage show, I remember going back to my room. They would put me up in a hotel there at one of the uh, the resorts. And my family had not come that time yet. They came a couple weeks or a week later because the very first year of me hosting Star Wars Weekends, we thought I should go there on my own first and not be, you know, family and trying to deal with all of that. So they came a couple weeks later. And so the first week I just did it on my own and my, uh, my publicist, Concetta Parker at the time, she was my publicist, uh, came out and I remember finishing my show and the first show and I got two standing ovations and pretty much every show I did there, I got two standing ovations. I got a standing ovation after I would do this bit called similar voices. The thing I was talking about earlier where I go through all the different voices and then at the end of the show. So after I would do similar voices, then I tell the story of losing my voice to toxic mold and adopting my daughter and the connection there is there. And, you know, I don't want to ruin it. If you don't know that story, um, go watch it online. And, uh, and I give this pep talk and everything. And so I get two standing ovations I remember I went back to my room that Sunday night after finishing the week of these shows. And I just, I just kind of 
lost it. You know, I just, uh, the, all the release of that, the, the, just the pressure of everything, getting it right and everything, but it was all perfect. Everything went well. God blessed it. It was so wonderful. Everybody was great. The Disney people were great. The, every, everything went exactly as it should go. And I just remember just having a good, healthy cry. And I remember feeling like God just saying, this is what you do. This is who you are. You're born to perform, James, and I'm going to bless that for you. And I just remember, like, in a good way. And I, I say that because, you know what? Uh, not a lot of us uh, maybe have that healthy cry of emotion of uh, after you finish something, you know, it's it's important to do. It's important for me to tell you that that I do that, you know. I'm I'm a big, strong guy, you know, but I'm I'm not afraid to cry. I'm not that big. I'm not that strong. But anyways, uh, I'm and I'm certainly not afraid to cry. I just remember just feeling just the rush of emotions. It's important to feel those emotions. So that was uh, probably one of my, again, I don't know if I'd call it my favorite moments, but it's one of the, the biggest moments, one of the most proud moments of my life. Because from that point on then for the next five years, I hosted, I performed that show, uh, for, uh, gosh, a uh, hundred times. Uh, there at least or whatever and you know wow what an experience every year i would i would perform my show for the cast and crew as well that was a special thing we got to do we'd have an ice cream social and i would perform my show for them just a private show for them and i would do other things in the show that i wouldn't do at the other show it'd be a little longer and we just had fun but uh one of the more uh silly stories you can share from the event oh my goodness so many silly stories you know one of the silliest stories probably was when Frank Oz came, talking about Frank Oz, as uh, Sammy was mentioning in the email there, Frank Oz came and it's the last week of the very last Star Wars weekends. Of course, we didn't know it was the last Star Wars weekends at the time, but so Frank comes and Lynn Hale from uh, from Lucasfilm is uh, the publicist that was there to take care of him. And Lynn has always come and take care of me as well. And she's just a wonderful human being. And she says to me, she says, James, we have a surprise for Frank. And that is his friend Andy Nyman. And Andy is uh, a character actor. If you've seen the movie Death and a Funeral that Frank actually directed, uh, he uh, is one of the stars of that. He's uh, he's in a movie I just watched uh, with Liam Neeson, The Commuter or whatever. He was just in that. Uh, but Andy's a wonderful magician, uh, writer, filmmaker, director, actor. He was in, uh, you know what? He was in, was he in Last Jedi? Was it Last Jedi that he was in? I think it was. I think he was in Last Jedi. Uh, he has a little cameo in there uh, as a guard that gets tied up and gagged and, and all that. But um, anyways, so Lynn says Andy and his family, and they're, they're from England, they're British, they're coming to surprise Frank and Frank doesn't know it. So they are going to disguise themselves as fans. So they're going to wear masks and they're going to come out on stage. We're going to tell Frank there are these fans that won a special contest to meet Frank Oz backstage before the event starts. And, you know, that's not uncommon for Frank. So they, okay, okay, great. Okay, great. So we, we set it all up and they come out in Yoda masks, wearing Yoda costumes. And Andy is, you know, in a wheelchair, they're pushing him in a wheelchair and he's acting like he's very old and, and such and but of course you can't tell it's andy his son preston who's a very talented actor as well and his lovely wife sophie uh and so they they come out 
dressed as Yoda. All of them are wearing Yoda masks, dressed as Yoda. And they've got this terrible picture of Frank that they've like printed up from the internet where it's kind of stretched. It's not like a very good JPEG. His The image is kind of stretched to fit the paper and it's got like Getty images written across his face and stuff. So they've got like a terrible picture for him to sign. And Frank thinks it's just these fans that won this contest. And they... <laughs> Anyways, they kind of harass him and they're they're trying to get him to sign stuff and do the voices and, th- and it all they're basically having him do all the things he doesn't want to do when he has to sign stuff, you know, uh, because it makes him uncomfortable and everything, you know, and and Frank and his lovely wife are are saying like, no pictures, please. We, you know, it's like, let's this is for these fans. Let's not make this a big, you know, publicity event and everything. And, uh, but we're filming it because we know it's a surprise. <laughs> and so they keep like going like, stop filming it. You know, like they're getting nervous. They're getting uncomfortable about it. So anyways, finally, Andy takes the mask off and shows that it's, that it's him. And it's one of those moments where, you know, if you've ever been in this, where somebody surprises you and your brain goes, I can't figure out what's, how is that Andy? How is that, that person that doesn't live here? How are they here right now? Like, so it is so funny to see Frank react because he goes from thinking they're these fans and they take off the masks and reveal it's his closest friends in the world tricking him. And he just like, he backs up and he like, you know, kind of runs into me like, are you kidding me? Like, did you know about this? And we just, so we really kind of punked Frank Oz. We surprised Frank and it was really sweet and lovely and wonderful. And we still, all of us is because Andy and his family, uh, we're still good friends now. And we talk quite often and we still talk about it to this day. It was one of the greatest punks ever, uh, for all of us. And so that was, I think, one of the silliest moments when we surprised and fooled Frank Oz. And here it was like my first meeting of him. And so, but it also kind of endeared me to him too, because I was in on the, on the gag and Frank is a joker. So he loved it. And we all just became very close from that moment on. Thanks to Andy and his wonderful family, the Nyman family, uh, wonderful group of performers and so funny. And they've just got that wonderful British sense of humor. And we had a great time. They stayed with us the rest of the time throughout Star Wars weekends. So that was one of my favorite times. And so there you go, Bob. That's kind of a long story, but that and that probably takes us to the end of the show here. But kind of fun to relive those moments of Star Wars weekends again. Ah. All of you, the many of you that listened to this show went and visited me at Star Wars Weekends and attended that event. What a great event. If you're ever there, tell them how much you loved it and how you want it back. I, I would hope they'd bring it back someday. I would hope to be involved with it. You know, I'm thrilled to be going to Celebration here, uh, to be signing. And again, if, uh, if you haven't heard that news yet, I will be at Celebration. Thanks to the folks at Tops, And I will be signing autographs there uh, daily in the autograph area. And hopefully I'll get to be on some panels and stuff and talk to y'all. I wanted to try to have a panel uh, about Obi-Wan Kenobi. I wanted to just do one in a small, one of the small panel rooms. It doesn't need to be a huge panel. Just a small one about me and uh, Q&A and talking about Obi-Wan and being Obi-Wan. I thought it would be a fun panel. But anyways, there you go. All right. So yes, I will be at Celebration signing and that'll be a lot of fun. And I hope uh, to see a lot of you there. It's going to be in Chicago in March or April. What is it? April, I guess. That's coming up pretty soon. So there you go. Hey, Bob, 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 Bob. you want to tell people how to uh, send an email to me? 
Oh, well, sure, sure, certainly, yes. If you'd like to send an email to James Arnold Taylor, then go to the jamesarnoldtaylor.com website and click on the Jat Show link up in the top right-hand corner, and then you click on Jat Show, and then it will be a little form down. You scroll down, you just scroll that down there, and then you find the Jatcast podcast. Click that on the Choose a Topic. Make sure that you choose that topic, and then write your letter and say where you're from, and say the the country and uh, even the state uh, or wherever it is that you're from and then we'll be able to read your letter here on the uh, James Arnold Taylor podcast you did that very well Bob well thank you that's the first time I've ever done that yeah that was great usually Mr. Announcer Guy will do that or uh, well it's been a while but uh, in fact let's bring in uh, Mr. Announcer Guy and uh, let's uh, conclude the show what do you guys say Uh yeah Mr. Announcer Guy yes James your voice, man, I, I love your voice, Mr. Now, it's such a big, friendly, fun voice. And you actually talk like that's just your regular voice. No, would you like to hear my regular voice? You, wait, wait, this is not your regular voice? No, this is a voice I put on. Would you like to hear my real voice, James? Oh my goodness, I always thought this was your real voice. No, here's my real voice. Hello, James, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were just kidding me. Of course this is your real voice, isn't it? Yeah, man, this is my real voice. That was just fake. Hello, James, how are you? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Announcer Guy, you, you crack me up. So, um, hey, so Bob, thanks for uh, doing all that. We're going to say goodbye now. You want to help Mr. Announcer Guy say goodbye? Oh, uh, yeah, well, okay. Uh, yeah. Thank you for listening to the James Arnold Taylor Podcast. And I hope you write your letters and everything, and I will uh, make sure I get all of those and, uh, and bring them in and uh, have them read on the podcast. How's that? That's very good, Bob. Hey, Bob, 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 Bob. Oh, uh, well, thank you, Mr. Announcer Guy. All right, Bob, we'll see you later. Okay, and doobity dee, bye-bye. All right, Mr. Announcer Guy, so uh, you ready to do that thing you do where you read all the uh, legal mumbo-jumbo at the end of the show? Yeah, man, I'm the legal mumbo-jumbo guy. Here we go. Talking to Myself, the James Arnold Taylor Podcast is a production of Yumigo Inc. Recorded at Chat Studios. Engineered, written, recorded, and produced by, you guessed it, James Arnold Taylor. All voices are parody and should be construed as entertainment only. All music and sound effects used with permissions and licenses through Backtracks, Digital Juice, Production Tracks, and Partners in Rhyme. James Arnold Taylor's Talking Myself, the podcast, copyright 2019, all rights reserved. What do you think of that? I think that was fantastic. Well done. So, Mr. Announcer Guy, I hope you have a wonderful week and don't work too hard. Yeah. You know, so uh, you sound like that voice on Fox that says, The Simpsons, Family Guy. Is that you? Yeah, that's me. People think it's you, but it's actually me, Mr. Announcer Guy. So I'll probably do some promos for them. All right. Well, have fun doing promos. And I'm going to have fun being here in my little padded room talking to myself, talking to all of you at the James Arnold Taylor Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Please subscribe if you haven't and spread the word about the James Arnold Taylor Podcast. And we'll see you next time. Ready, Mr. Announcer Guy? Let's say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, you're doing that voice again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, bye-bye. No, no, no. You wait. You wait till the end. Wait till the very end. And when the music's just ending, then you go, Goodbye. Okay. Goodbye. (laughs) You still did the voice. I'm silly that way.